Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Well, I do think, you know, we're talking about complementarian roles in the church I do think that is a really supernatural thing. That is not something that in our sinful selves we do. It doesn't work. It is just too skewed one way and the other. And so to do it well, to be Christ in the church, it it takes the spirit of God to make that work. So that's an excellent observation because I would say in my work with with guys who claim to be believers who fall into that theological framework, there is a great deal of entitlement. Mm-hmm. And that's like a sure sign that one of two things is, is happening. Either you're not a believer, right? Because you're expressing this in just so many antichrist ways, or you are um, really theologically misinformed and you're chasing mm-hmm. something that's futile. And so one of the things we do in Men of Peace is we try to properly define where that comes from. Because you're right, if it is a matter of, you know, letter of the law rather than the spirit of Christ, then mm-hmm. people are going to get hurt. But if Jesus is, if, if Jesus' spirit is living within you, if the Holy Spirit's living within you, you're full of the spirit, you'll never produce this type of entitlement-driven uh, power over. All right, we've got some questions coming in. Oh, hey, good. At least, at least a couple, Sydney. So let's see what we can do with them. Um, how do I go? How do I let go? Excuse me. How do I let go of the added pain of being hurt by my former church? So it sounds like maybe some of the things we talked about in the podcast that there was um, some revictimization here. Maybe it wasn't handled well. So what? What do you sure. think, Sydney? How do I let go sure. of the added pain of being hurt by my church? That's just so hard. Um, And I would say it comes back to that normal grief, um, dealing with grief of I, I address it honestly. And I think sometimes we don't want to call it what it is. uh, But we need to do that. We need to look at what God's word says and say, this is what happened. And this is how I was sinned against. And then we walk through that process of Um, of grieving, of lamenting it, of complaining to God, of taking it to him, and eventually of trusting him with how he's going to judge and deal with what happened that was wrong. I, I do know of instances where women have left. And, you know, this takes time, Chris, this all takes time, and we expect it to happen now. But I know of women who have left churches because they were victimized, re-victimized by a church who didn't know, didn't understand, didn't want whatever their reason was. I, I'm not privy to that. But now are working that out with individuals in the church. And individuals within the church and in leadership are confessing that sin and are opening that door and wanting to do it right and wanting to fix it. Um, I think that's best case, but it all takes time. And I think it's, there is nothing wrong with being angry with a church 
that hurts you. I would agree. I, I wish, and maybe this will happen. I think it is happening more. I think one of the things that came out of church cares, for instance, the, the church care stuff from the SBC was some churches were being uh, proactive. Now, granted, church cares came out of being reactive. And most trainings that I do are reactive-based trainings where a church has really mismanaged a situation. And people ended up being hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I would agree if a church is willing to come and be repentant and institute, excuse me, institute some changes, um, you know, you may not be able to restore that relationship, but you can start working towards those aspects of forgiveness for, for sure. Um, but I would love to get to a place where we see churches being far more preventative and, and less hurtful. Absolutely. Great. So you guys play a role in that. I mean, those of you who are listening in, you play a role in educating your churches, bringing um, information um, to your churches, helping them process that. Um, so you need to continue to keep the faith, keep the keep doing the work. Which leads to the next question that came in, Sydney. How do I approach leadership about starting a ministry for domestic violence? So how do I approach church leadership in starting a domestic violence ministry. I've got some thoughts, but please, you go ahead. What do you think about approaching your church leaders about starting a ministry? I say you start with prayer, right? We pray. We always pray first. Um, and that that's kind of tricky. And again, I think that might be a one, one-on-one you know, situation where each church is a little bit different in how you approach it um, and who you begin that conversation with. And how it carries, Chris. What are your thoughts? You, you're excited. Well, about I think. Uh, well, I think you you have to be careful. In the history of this work, I'm talking about domestic violence work and its relationship to the church. The vast majority of ministries um, have begun outside of the church. Like I rare, I know very few churches who had a solid domestic abuse ministry. What I think might be helpful is if you start a specific ministry or you meet a specific need within domestic abuse. And I'll try to give you an example. So I would guess at Sydney's church, it's probably, and she can tell us, it's probably not a specific ministry, but their counseling ministry is probably better equipped now at the church than they were 10 years ago. So domestic abuse has kind of a place in their counseling ministry. Is that accurate? Would you say that's pretty accurate you know, about misrepresenting the church? <laughs> we don't have a counseling ministry um, oh, okay. at my church. My church is small and uh, pastor does a lot of that, but I'm there and women know I'm there and we have those conversations. Um, what I have seen in your toolbox, I'll put in a plug for, for PeaceWorks University, is really an amazing plan that Pastor Ben, what was his name? Ben Marshall. Ben Marshall put together, and if churches are looking at starting a ministry and they haven't checked out that resource, they are missing a gold mine because the the PDF that's there and the interview and the work on that is is absolutely groundbreaking. And the beautiful thing is it's really sound and it's already there and it's already you don't have to reinvent it or put all the pieces together, and it's. It's just well done. 
So that's a great example. I'm glad you brought that up. If you're part of PeaceWorks University, we have uh, with periodically with our master classes, we also right now have two what we call success paths. And what those are is when I get extra material associated with a master class, I package them together so that you can take them and use them. Right now we have one on substance abuse and the other one is on church-based ministry responses. And uh, Pastor Ben Marshall at Canyon Hills Community Church put together a great response. It represents, I think, a large church response, but we have a success path that can walk you through how to start a holistic uh, domestic abuse ministry. To Sydney's point, not all of us can have a holistic domestic abuse ministry. So just being present and having one trained person at the church to intervene and help you know, structure those is huge. And your church may or may not be able to do counseling. Well, maybe you can partner with the shelter. Maybe you can partner with another agency. I'll give an example from our church. Our church is partnering with a shelter uh, in our area to provide transitional housing uh, for ladies coming out of shelter. Uh, we're not going to be doing all of the support group counseling pieces. That's just not something that our church is equipped to do right now, but we can do that. And so mm -hmm. we're talking to, you know, getting the legal documents in place, getting the rapid housing, you know, people in place, getting the funding in place. So there is lots of different ways that you can intervene. But Sydney's right. If you want to go to PeaceWorks University, if you're part of that, that's a tremendous plan. And big, you know, big shout out to Pastor Ben and the great work with his counseling team. And I'll put this out there. I'll advertise for you, Chris. It's $20 a month. That $20 will let you see what's there and if it's helpful for you. And that is such a great use of your money. You may decide you want to stay, but uh, it's really valuable and it's worthwhile. I appreciate that. Uh, another question coming in. Want to know if we could speak a little bit more to the send because they listen to their wives argument. Just mm -hmm. would like to hear this problem addressed a little more. How to speak in the mindset among leaders. I rarely encounter this. So, so Sydney may need to speak to this. I, I've heard it, especially in some more fundamental circles. Mm -hmm. I've heard the jokes, you know, about, you know, Eve or whatever. In my training and in my circles, even being in the country, and I'm country as cornbread, y'all. I mean, I know Appalachians get a lot of grief, but I was taught from an early age that, especially with Adam and Eve, that it was Adam's sin, according to the book of Romans, that, that is central to the theme, right? That Adam sinned, and it wasn't a matter of being deceived or tricked. So that's been a part of my theological understanding forever. But as I got involved in some more denominational circles growing up, I found that argument among some folks, and I think it's incredibly detrimental. Could you speak to that a little bit more, mm -hmm. Sydney, about mm -hmm. that sin because they listened to their wives' nonsense? If I could just go ahead and say it's nonsensical, but Please help us understand. <laughs> I don't know if I can help you understand it. Um, I just know it's out there. And uh, it's, I will, I will put this out there. That's not in our church, but I have heard it used or referred to in the past. And I agree that as, as we look through the entirety of scripture, we follow that theme. It was Adam's sin. Adam is responsible. Adam was given the command. Right. Adam was with his wife. And Adam chose to send, that was his leadership, right? And he, he led in that way. Um, 
So it's that whole idea of headship. And I was thinking about this one day, and this is where I think the whole idea of, of roles as it relates to the body of Christ starts to, to fall apart is when a husband sees his position as headship, as being, I am the one that makes the decisions. I am the one who's in charge. I am the one who calls the shots. And I'm just going to tell you, Chris, when I have a migraine and it's all about my head, the rest of my body does not function yeah. very well. And so if, if you're all about headship and it's all about you and you're not caring for your body, you're going to be sick and you're going to look sick and you're going to function in a sick way because that's not the way God intended it. And the head is intended to care for the body. Absolutely. I agree. I think this headship from an authority perspective or headship as central argument is a cultural um, cultural reading of the scripture. It, it's eisegetical, which is ironic because I get accused of being an eisegete. That just means to put things into the scripture, gang, if you're not familiar with the terminology. I get accused of that all the time because uh, of being pro-women, which I think is weird because I, I really do believe a cursory reading of the scripture shows that um, responsibility and headship and submission is not central about authority. It's, it's central to, to love and respect, among other things. But when you look at how people have blamed Sarah or Abigail or Bathsheba, that's almost always a cultural reading of the passage. When you read the scripture, you slowly look. God's very much his heart is for the vulnerable and the hurt and the oppressed. And the restrictions and the consequences are very much applied to those in power, those who are coercive, those who are oppressive. That's where the consequences go. So I agree with you. I think the headship centric as authority, top down power over decision making. I mean, maybe you don't agree with this, but I think it's a cultural reading into the scripture rather than taking the warnings from scripture because that that power over model to me is a kingdom of the world model that that God has put to rest. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the ultimate illustration of that. Absolutely. Somebody who didn't, didn't cling to, didn't cling to that authority, but became humble. I mean, Philippians two, if anything, reveals to us the king of the universe chose to lead by serving. So, I mean, what type of leadership perspective do, do we come away with thinking that we have some kind of authority over? as opposed to serving. Yeah. That's my two cents. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And I look at ministry and, you know, I think about my, my body, just my physical body. And if my physical body wasn't engaged in doing it, we wouldn't get much done. Right. So when the head is everything, then it's nothing. Nothing gets, nothing done. gets done. And yeah. And, and you, you know, eventually you can't cover that up there comes a point at which a wife is responding the way she is because she has a sick head and that's very normal and that's very right. And that's the way it should, that's just the way it is. Yeah. That, that makes, that's a great illustration. makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. We had one other question come in. Um, How do I approach leadership or close friends 
who are neither confronting me nor helping me. How do I explain that treating me and my husband as separate, but associating with both of us socially is not good for either of us? So how do I help my friends see that I need their help in confronting, that's what I'm thinking, confronting the abuse, but also helping me? Like, is there a tactical way that this listener can go about employing their friends as part of the team? What do you think? Hmm. I'm just thinking if this were, for instance, a women's Bible study or, you know, small group I were in and a, and a woman was, yeah. was struggling and needing help. And I, I think the biggest part is that they don't want to blame the husband or they don't want to be caught thinking thoughts about him um, that would be hurtful or harmful. And uh, so for her to maybe just clue into one, one person who seems to be listening, one person who seems to be willing, and then to just really open up, or maybe even suggest that their friends or friend clue into some of our resources out there, whether it's my webpage at um, sydneymillage.com or the Sanctuary Facebook page or Called to Peace, Darby Strickland's resources. So maybe direct her friends to start looking into this so that they can get some resources and an understanding of what's going on. And it's not just as so personal. It's not just she and her husband and she's the authority. She is, and they'll come around to that. They need to be listening to her and following her lead, but they may just need some more information on what's actually going on. Yeah, that's good. I, I think that's a, a tremendous reminder. I just, I get, I'm amazed at where we've come and you just, mm -hmm. just naming off the resources we have available to us now that we didn't have. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. What I, what I think of as the early days in biblical counseling, having really hard conversations with people who had never thought about these things and now looking at all the books and websites and literature and resources mm -hmm. and ministries that we have available to us. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just growing. So awesome. Well, gang, I think we've covered the questions in the chat. We're going to let you guys go. And then I'm going to, uh, talk to Cindy for a minute and let her go. And then I got to get to a planning meeting for an event coming up. So I uh, appreciate you guys and uh, we'll see you uh, the next time. Let me stop streaming. See ya. Bye. See ya. <laughs>